Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Guidance on teaching math. Problem for struggling and advanced learners. Hi day, but did you know? Important 504 or IEP and the hidden classroom problem. This is our podcast for week 11 in 2018. We welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Clear Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, as always, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's just jump right in. We have wonderful uh, links to look at. And the first one talks about guidance on teaching. Now, who is helping the teachers here? Well, uh, this is the Education Endowment Foundation from the UK. And... Uh, they have uh, published guidelines for primary and secondary teachers. So we talk about uh, students or pupils in the UK, obviously, for uh, from 5 to 16-year-old. And they have um, a lot of information for teachers on how to boost math skills uh, with their children. Now, uh-huh. let me repeat the observation from this post, as they are really very interesting. First of all, uh, pupils should... Or, or students should master basic mental arithmetic, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, and be able to recall their times tables quickly. Yeah. So, and those who uh, don't may well have difficulty with more challenging math later in school, and that is definitely true. Now, uh, a little bit of uh, caution here. Not all pupils are as readily able to learn this, and we have to have a little bit of consideration with our students with dyscalculia and give them more time to learn this. I'm not saying they should not learn it, but they need a little bit more time uh, and specific methods to learn that. Now, the second uh, point they bring up here is that Pupils sometimes think that multiplication makes bigger, division makes smaller. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is accurate with numbers greater than 1, but it isn't right when applied to numbers less than 1. Yeah. So 5 times 5 is indeed 25, which is bigger, but uh, a half or 0.5 times 0.5 is definitely not larger. It's only a quarter or 0.25. Good point. Absolutely, good point. So, and this is uh, to make the link to the U.S., this is exactly one of the so-called rules that have expired, according to uh, a recent article in our uh, NCTM, um, National Council of Teacher of Mathematics organization, and it's on their website as well. Uh, the third point I make is that learning how to add fractions together can often cause difficulty, and we all know that. It's, it's the big stumbling block for our kids. Now, for example, uh, many uh, think that the answer to one-eighth plus one-half is two-tenths. They just add the numerators <laughs> and they up. <laughs> add the denominators and that division line in the middle, well, whatever. Alternative math. Yes. So teachers can help them to understand that the right answer is uh, indeed five-eighths. Uh, using diagrams and and drawings which help to visualize the different values of fractions. Now, in the teaching toolkits that we see here on this website actually are uh, categorized, um, showing, they're filtered, showing 
uh, the amount of evidence, mm -hmm. large, medium or small, the cost, the impact uh, financially, and how many months this uh, specific uh, activity will uh, have an effect. So very good to select that. Okay. Now the first observation is one that I want to caution for. Learning math tables is, is valuable uh, when the children actually understand what it means. So drilling them in uh, with a song or, or a little dance that's unrelated won't help them later when they actually need to work with it and apply it in, in multiple ways. So please only drill the multiplication tables if uh, that has been conceptually uh, understood. And, and basically that's one of our, our golden rules. Okay, well, very good point. Um, our next link has a video, so mm -hmm. let's see if we can listen in to this. See if this will start here on the system. It says maths, no problem. I'm going to start you off now with uh, a typical Singapore maths, maths no problem type problem. And this is for a year one class. So you need to transform yourselves back to when you're five years old. Okay, so imagine you're five, and I'm saying to you, I would like you to share this shape between the two teddies so that each teddy has an equal amount. So can we share this shape into equal parts between the two teddies? Okay, so here's a lady and she's... Uh and she has a little square piece of paper that uh, that the whole class of people then need to divide into parts. Mm -hmm. Well, this is from uh, Math No Problem, uh, which is the only uh, recently nationally recognized math program in the UK, and it is linked to uh, Singapore Math, which is strip models, so very visual. Mm -hmm. And uh, this demonstration is about presenting a problem and then have both the struggling learners and the advanced learners work on it together in a group. Now, the struggling learners learn from the advanced learners and they hear about the solution they may not have come up with themselves. And also the advanced learners are not getting bored because they take the solutions further. So this is an open-ended question. So by not giving an upfront solution or algorithm, you actually serve both the struggling and advanced learners. And uh, you entice students to select their own way to solve it. So it's not the teacher's way of solving, it's their way. They own it. And we all know that having a choice uh, feels good. Also, it is a great start for um, a math talk when you bring those smaller groups together. So right. I, I really feel that this okay, is Okay, so this is actually counter to dividing the class in faster and slower learners. Exactly. This is actually having them together and have them work with each other and... Okay. Which also uh, helps them to start to communicate about uh, mathematics, which is one of the goals that our NCTM is uh, asking us to work on in the US. Okay, okay. Okay, that's good. Well, um, okay, well, our next link is a very short one. It's about pi. How was your pi day? Oh, fantastic. March 14. Well, that yes. is for the people that actually write the date the way the Americans write the date. 
314 because yeah, in Europe in, 14 in my two. home country it would not have worked out okay because we do the 14 the day first <laughs> yes okay so, but how was your pie was it, your pie it was good? really good Filled it's always fun it yes yes we good. did have that good. and um just as a little sidestep here let me mention that uh it's actually also einstein's birthday how did he plan it that way? Yeah, yeah, Amazing. yeah. Or his mother, yeah? <laughs> or his mother, yes. <laughs> Actually, there are activities galore on the internet to do something uh, fun on that day. But uh, please do not just go for the cute factor. Uh, but select those activities that convey a concept and that connect the three centers that need to work together uh, to achieve in math. Okay, okay. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com and we're looking at the links provided on the website DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com Now our, our next link uh, brings up the age-old question 504 or IEP. Now what does that actually mean? Now the similarity of the two is that they both are ways to support struggling students. But there are major differences too. So an IEP is legally enforceable and has legal guidelines and time frames. And an IEP follows a student in public education from school to school and from state to state. A 504 plan is not legally enforceable and doesn't follow a child, nor are uh, there legal guidelines. Now, I'm a big fan of the IEP. And if possible, parents with a child with dyscalculia should always aim for that. It gives more control over what happens and more clarity about what the school uh, is working on and how parents can enforce that at home. Mm -hmm. Now, the links to the post to Understood and the Rights Law website are really great. And who, people who, who are uh, dealing with the uh, IEP and the upcoming meetings uh, for that uh, should really take the time and, and check them out. There are other, um, I, I just have this uh, folder lying around. There are several others that I could uh, recommend. So here is uh, a whole document about standards-based IEP sample measurable goals that has been publicized on the website of the Virginia Department of Education. And it has a, a, a long list, and you can go over that and uh, select those things that uh, your student needs to, uh, to work on. Now, another uh, very good um, short overview where you can start is um, if you Google Smarter Steps, and you will find the 13 federal mandates for IEP goals. It's written by Kelly Ott and uh, Lara Wakefield. So uh, that is really clear and, and uh, not too complicated to start with. Also, you could go to IEP Goals and Objectives Bank from Oregon. Okay. So there is a lot of information right at your fingertips. But I have to say that this will cost you uh, the... The most part of one or two weekends to familiarize yeah. and but prepare for that because we still need to say that uh, not all schools um, have the knowledge and the time to do this. So it's a joint activity, you are a team 
Right. And you need to work together to make sure that you get the best IEP uh, for your child. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, well, our final link this week says there's a hidden classroom problem. What would that be? Now yeah. we're curious, what yeah. would that be? <laughs> well, this is of course about the fact that dyscalculia is still so very unknown in the school systems, in, in uh, both public and private education here in the US. Um, and here's a teacher interviewed, and, and maybe we can hear what she uh, says. Um, I can read it, or we can listen yeah, to it. Yeah, I don't think there's actually a video included in this one. Nope, there's no video. So let me, let me um, quote her here. She says, when I trained to be a teacher, we had a fair amount of training on how to identify and help children with dyslexia. Dyscalculia was never mentioned. During my teaching career, I saw many children displaying similar problems with learning math that I could personally relate to. I am dyscalculic. That's what the teacher says, although mm -hmm. never officially diagnosed. As so many. As so many, unfortunately. Compared to dyslexia, there has been very little research to this learning disability and therefore not as much is known about the condition. And she's very right here if you compare the number of articles that comes out about uh, dyslexia compared to dyscalculia, it's a rate of 10 to 1 mm -hmm. still. So now you see what we're up against every day, but we, ke we keep trying. So math is our passion, awareness, communication, research and remediation of dyscalculia is our mission. So please join me in spreading the word so students who need help can get it and are, uh, are understood and can move forward. Well, that's a great encouragement. Thank you. We hope to see you back next week. Thank you for your insights this week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com and you can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook and she has boards on Pinterest and on Flipboard. And she runs five webinars that are free and all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you have Discoculia, you can do the free Discoculia checklist on her website, discoculiaservices.com, or get a more comprehensive math and Discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Dr. Schroeder is on a mission to increase the number of Discoculia tutors, and she has developed a whole online course for teachers and other interested people who want to become a Discoculia tutor. And you can find all about it at discoculiatutor.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoculiaHeadlines.com. You can find us on the web at DiscoculiaHeadlines.com and we are on Twitter at DiscoculiaHead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at DiscoculiaHeadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.